I am Sumit Gupta and this is Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams at work and life. This is a podcast for people who know deep inside that there is more. Have you achieved a great deal of success, but on the inside you still feel empty and like an imposter? Do other people see you as a strong leader and you wonder why it still feels so lonely and suffocating? The aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content, but instead shift the context under which you operate. I dare to speak to the tremendous power which you already have rather than what you believe are your strengths and limitations. This podcast is called Choosing Leadership because that is what leadership is, a choice. And this is the Leadership Journey series. I am interviewing leaders with an interesting story to learn how they got where they are today. We all have a lot to learn from each other's stories of where we started, where we are now and our successes and struggles on the way. With this series of interviews, my attempt is to give leaders an opportunity to share their stories and for all of us to learn from their generous sharing. Thomas is a serial entrepreneur and the CEO at Tello. He is a true all-round entrepreneur. His purpose is creating companies, opportunities and products that improve the everyday lives of a new generation. In the interview, Thomas opens up about realizing how he was living a life that was not what he really wanted. We talk about the importance of focusing on ourselves first and the importance of happiness, friendships, experiences and other relationships. He shares the wisdom of doing nothing and the important role sports and exercise play in his life. In addition to leading his company, he also climbs mountains, does kickboxing, races cycles, and has plans to make a movie. He knows he is more than what he does, and he doesn't let work define him. Hey, Thomas, welcome to the Choosing Leadership podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to have you here. So to, to begin with, for our listeners, can you share a little bit about yourself, who you are and what do you do today? Yeah, now I'm Thomas, I'm from Amsterdam. I'm currently CEO of, uh, of Tello, which is a fintech company focused on, uh, on, on smaller companies and self-employed people. And we're, we're more or less trying to become uh, the, the Tinder of bookkeeping where uh, we use machine learning to make everything automated. And uh, currently we have over 50,000 freelancers and entrepreneurs using our software. So we're very, very happy with, uh, with where we are. Sounds good. Yeah. So can you share a little bit about your journey as an entrepreneur? Because I, if I remember correctly, this is not your first company. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what led you down this? Yeah, it's actually, uh, it's actually a funny story. I uh, started working uh, first for, for another scale-up, but then I, my first actual real full-time job was as a strategy consultant, working uh, mainly in oil and gas. Back in the day when it was still cool to work in oil and gas, I think these days uh, it's a little bit different. And uh, yeah, I was there, I, I had uh, a girlfriend and uh, we decided to take some cats together. And uh, yeah, during the maintenance of the cats, uh, you need to vacuum a lot. You need to get, get the litter box needs to be cleaned. And uh, we made the deal that she would vacuum the house and I would clean the litter box. And while I was doing that, and the, the, for the people who don't have cats, the litter box is where the cat goes to the toilet, but it's the grit in there and it's very dirty work for a very little bit of time. And while I was cleaning the litter box, one of my cats decided to go to the toilet in the bag of cat litter. And that uh, gave me the idea of a disposable cat litter box. And that's the idea I, I went away with. And uh, at some point I decided to quit my job. I got a patent on a product and together with, with, uh, with an old colleague of mine, we raised funds and we started Poopy Cat. 
indeed the name uh, says it all. And uh, yeah, in five years time or almost five years time, we grew with uh, the product with operations in 18 countries, but we sold in well over 30. And yeah, we got nominated, but we also were mentioned by Oprah Winfrey and Italian Vogue always does it for the, for the women and the listening audience. So yeah, it was a really cool journey. And after that time we sold the company and I was hooked to being an, an entrepreneur. After that, uh, yeah, my, my other big company was, uh, was a tech company uh, that uh, was actually a platform for online wedding planning. In technical terms, we used an image classifying algorithm, but let's say in, uh, in more layman's terms, we used a visual planning tool so people could pick pictures of things they liked. And then we used those pictures to create a wedding plan for them. But uh, yeah, COVID hit in the first summer where we had our clients and uh, yeah, we, we took an early decision to, uh, to stop. And uh, yeah, that's also part of the entrepreneurial process. So of course we need to, uh, need to be on time and smart with stopping so you don't push yourself over the boundary and make too much problems. Yeah, and after that, I took a role as a director for the Dutch Startup Association, which is a rotating role for one year. And uh, yeah, that led me into my current position where, uh, where I am today as a CEO of a scale-up, where I actually came in later, but I would still have the an entrepreneurial vision being appreciated. So that's quite a journey. Yeah, so before even you started working full-time, right? Can you share any particular event that shaped you towards wanting to doing your own thing? Or, or taking risk? Yeah, I think I was actually not much of a risk taker before. So this is actually quite funny. I did have a company when I was younger, funnily also related to weddings. So we drove uh, cars for weddings, my brother and I, uh, but we never really saw it as an entrepreneur. And uh, yeah, the choice of becoming an entrepreneur actually came at the same moment in my life where a lot of other things changed for me. But yeah, it's, I think at age 26, I changed a lot and that also changed my risk profile and uh, my ambitions. Before that, I had the feeling I had to wear a tie to work and uh, sit in a high tower to be successful. And uh, now uh, I haven't worn a tie in years. So what happened at that age that caused that shift? Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a mix of, of many things, but let's say uh, some events, some personal events really helped me realize what was very important in life and what was not. And they kicked me out of the, of the. Yeah, the, the echo of, of your parents and your social environment about what is, what is your purpose in life and, and how uh, success should be achieved. And yeah, that is actually what, uh, what, what caused me, uh, pushed me towards, let's say, uh, yeah, building up new friendships, but also building up a new career and indeed uh, changing a risk profile from having a very secure job to doing your own thing. Yeah. Would you, would you be open to sharing a little bit more about that? I would, but I'm not sure if your listeners would really uh, appreciate it. But to give you some kind of, uh, of an idea, I had uh, an, a very intense relationship with my ex-girlfriend. And she was the one that uh, sort of isolated me from, from a couple of my relationships, including my parents. And it helped me realize and, and also press the reset button of my life. So she gave me uh, unconsciously uh, a big opportunity to, uh, to change everything, mm -hmm. uh, which was very difficult uh, normally. Yeah. And what did you realize about yourself or about the world at that point of time? Yeah. What I realized about myself is that like I, I was living a life that was actually the life that I thought I wanted, but not the life I really wanted. I mentioned before sort of an echo. So of course you're being raised with the ideas of your parents, with your the input of your environment, your surroundings, and you're just going into the flow, like high school, university big job. That's, that's the way things always went. And that's how success was defined. So that's also how I had, how I took it. But later on, I realized that uh, actually it's more important to also focus on yourself, uh, having quality of life, having happiness, friendships, relationships, experience. And uh, yeah, that, that sort of yeah, changed the whole 
yeah, ambitions that I had, and especially also, I'm, I'm very still very ambitious, so don't get me wrong, but still also how I position work in my life. So I don't let work define me. And if you ask people, then I, they would probably describe me as being very ambitious. But for me, work is lower on the priority list under, for example, the relationship with my wife. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that uh, so openly and also putting work in its place and not because for a lot of entrepreneurs, I see this is everything. Like my company, my job is everything. Can you share a little bit about more of those things which matter to you outside of work? Yeah, like outside of work, I think it's very important to live your life like uh, like that you take most that life gives you. And I think that's the responsibility that everybody has. You cannot change what, what happens to a person, but you can still uh, change the way you respond to things that happen. So I try to live my life in that way, positive. I really believe in uh, not trying to change the entire world, but maybe more or less trying to change your direct environment, more thinking about micro circles. And that's sort of things that I believe in that, uh, that are the, the big, let's say, accelerator for changing the world. Yeah. So how, how do you deal with surprises or challenges, especially given that you are an entrepreneur and that's part of the journey? What do you do specifically to deal with and to stay balanced? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually um, a little bit ADHD. So for me, uh, stress and problems and challenges are what, what drives me. So if, if there's nothing on fire, then I get really restless. So for me, hmm. it might be a bit of a, of, a, of a weird case in that sense. But in principle for me, yeah, I, I work out a lot. I think sports is very important. I think uh, eating is very important, but also let go and trying to uh, follow your ways uh, by reading or by following spirituality or meditation. Uh, and of course, uh, for me, very important in my life is uh, my relationships with, uh, with with my friends. Yeah. So can you share how these, uh, some of these elements play a role in your life? Do, do you practice sports or meditation daily, weekly? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, meditation, unfortunately, not so much anymore. Uh, I used to be very good at it, but the problem is with me is if things go, then I stopped doing that, um, which is actually very stupid. But yeah, it's, if there's no problems that I can just uh, <laughs> focus on it. <laughs> I do work out a lot, so I try to work out four or five times a week. I have a gym in my office that, that helps, I must admit. If, the, if it wasn't the case, it would probably be more like three or two. So that, that helps a lot. And uh, yeah, in the weekend, I really try to focus on not working. So in the weekdays, I think it's easier just to work evenings if necessary or to do other things. But I try to keep the weekend really uh, privately, spend time with my wife, with my dog. And we have recently got a dog and also focus on, on those kind of things. And uh, yeah, I think it's, there, there's no real one road to success. I think uh, being aware and being uh, grateful for things you, you have and are coming on your path, that's the, the best way to approach it. Yeah. And what do you find most exciting about, uh, about what you do? What I find most exciting is that it's, uh, the company is a bit further than the, the companies that I had. It's, uh, it's part of a group. So there's five companies together. So Tello is one of them. And then Nagero's group is the, is the group. And the five other companies are, of course, a lot bigger. And that creates sort of an, an ecosystem where we, uh, we have access to capital. We have access to, let's say, uh, all the corporate benefits. But still, we are, in essence, a startup. And I can run my business my own way as a startup. And that's, of course, super exciting to be able to do. And also to see the appreciation in a bit more, let's say, my board, who's, uh, ah, fair enough said, a bit more traditional in the sense, but they still let me be myself. Um, so that gives me a lot of energy. My team gives me a lot of energy. I've, I've now uh, a group of amazing people working for me where, uh, yeah, like everybody takes ownership. Everybody feels that they're on, on a mission. And that's, uh, I think, very special. I hope to expand that uh, as well. Yeah. And as an, as an entrepreneur and also what you mentioned earlier about ADSD and firefighting, is there something which people misunderstand about you mostly? 
Uh, oh, that's a good, that's a good question. Yeah, I think mainly I'm still Dutch and I'm really honest. And that sometimes is uh, maybe difficult for people because I would be, I would just be really honest about things. And not all people are used to that. So some people would not expect that or take it the wrong way. Uh, usually it all goes well because I think if it comes from a good place, people will see that. But sometimes uh, it might be uh, much for some people. So that's uh, that, that definitely one. Yeah. And how, how do you manage that, especially when you work more internationally, when you talk with people from different cultures? How do you manage when the conversations get tough? <laughs> yeah, I, I sometimes like uh, tough conversations. And I also really like uh, spending time in different countries and different cultures. I think that's one of the places where you're going to learn the most. If you're, let's say, in a new vulnerable position, that's where you can also uh, like really increase your learning curve. Um, yeah, for me, it's... I'm, not necessarily a guy who usually gets into conflict. I'm, I consider myself to be uh, like a kind person. I want to be a kind person and make a decision, but I'm also quite empathetic. So I'm, if I'm in other culture, I try to be very respectful and, and not, uh, not step on anybody's toes. Uh, and it's maybe not the typical CEO profile. So that, that doesn't always help, but yeah, I think eventually that brings it to a better place, better world. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what you shared earlier, right? Uh, spending time with your family, having like uh, going to the gym, practicing sports also keeps that perspective because then you're meeting other people, not just people from work. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I have, of course, the luxury to uh, also pick and choose the people I work with uh, now. And that, that also helps uh, a little bit. But uh, like, uh, I, I believe that uh, every person is interesting and has a story. So I always am keen to, to hear about that. Yeah. As a person and as a leader, where are you headed? So you have multiple companies that you have started. What's next for you? Yeah, next for me is, of course, that to grow Tello to the next level. That's uh, the, the priority now. And, and there might be uh, some other companies going to be added to that, and uh, not to say it much. And so that's, of course, all super exciting. So we're really trying to grow the business and to become a really major player. And uh, yeah, that, that's the goal now. And after that, I can be honest about it. I'm currently here and enjoying it. So there's no need for me to, uh, to really look ahead in life. Like it's, of course, important to, uh, to let's say, be financially independent. And that's something I achieved. But for the rest, like I don't have ambitions to become a uh, president or listen, uh, that's very difficult to become president anyway, but to, uh, to do certain things, I do have some private stuff. So not the work related stuff that I, uh, that I'm still keen to do. Like I want to make a movie someday and uh, mm. mountains and that kind of stuff, but that's, that's more of the time. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, can you share a little bit more about that? Making a movie, climbing a mountain, very diverse, something very different. What uh, pulls you towards that? Yeah. I think I really enjoy doing something for the first time. And, and I think it's also something really fun and especially with sports, uh, if you make it uh, out of a challenge, it's, uh, it's very cool. So yeah, I, I try to put myself in places where I can really take everything out of myself, perform myself and grow a lot, but then also not, uh, not be a specialist in it because I get also get bored quickly. So hmm. uh, I participated in a racing for, for cycling once I did a kickboxing match. I climbed two mountains went deep sea diving, like, uh, and hmm. then kind of thought you want to do everything you want to do. At least once. And if you like it, you can do it more, but I don't intend to become a specialist. Yeah. And if you were to make a movie, what would it be? Yeah, that's actually, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I spent a lot of time working, uh, working on that. And it's, uh, it's still very difficult to, uh, to explain, but it's a bit, let's say about the balance between the life that we think is ideal. So in, in our society here and mainly the Western society, admire these people that are having, let's say, a surfer lifestyle. So they're like uh, hippies living out of a van. And it's also something I did together with my wife. We need to respect her for that role. And then a week on a surfing trip from a van. And uh, yeah, basically the story is around that, uh, that there needs to be a balance. So if you only have one side, 
then it's, it's nothing. And if you only have, uh, let's say, the very Western side of it where work is important, money is important, then you also don't get it. So it's about the balance between the two. And uh, yeah, the newness is in the fact that the people idealize the one thing that they, that's underdeveloped here, which is, let's say, the spiritual side of things and the more, let's say, enjoying your life and not maximizing on things. But it's not everything because I think you can be successful uh, in both and it's about finding the rhythm. Yeah, yeah. I have been here in the Netherlands around seven years and I, I have lived most of my life before that in India. So moving here, I could see that how isolated I was in my own culture before that. But you have been um, in the Netherlands. So what, what, who are the key influences that exposes you to all of these different ideas, like even spirituality, even like no, any non-Western idea? Who are the key influences in your lives? Yeah, the, from people that I know or people that's the first two categories. But let's say from the big old thinkers, I think Carl Jung has a really big influence on my life. So he writes a lot, the, the inventor of synchronicity, which is uh, something that's very important in my life. Basically, he also explains the serendipity or meaningful coincidences. But a lot of things he writes I really resonate with. But on my journey to get there, I had a lot of help. Uh, I had help from the founder of, of uh, Wicked, uh, Wicked Grounds and Wicked Thoughts, Tom Verstappen. So he introduced me to my more spiritual side of things and really helped me develop uh, that side where I still benefit uh, from every day because uh, that's uh, one of the most important things uh, in the balance that I have. But also I think still, of course, also my, my family and my own background, I'm, I'm very grateful for them because they make an, an imprint on you. But a lot of people came on my path and, and helped me out. I think one more that's worth mentioning is, uh, is Oscar Knappers, so the founder of Rockstar. So he, I was unofficially my mentor. I don't, don't think he ever saw it like that, but he... Uh, he basically helped me out in a very difficult period of my life by sharing with me his wisdom about doing nothing hmm. uh, and letting everything go for a while in order to, uh, to find what you need to do. Because if you keep running, then you don't have time to actually manifest what you actually need. Yeah, that advice is, is advice that actually uh, yeah, led, led to where I am today. And, and that's, uh, that's something I'm very grateful with. Worked with. Yeah. Can you share a bit more? What's the wisdom of doing nothing? How does that play out? Yeah, I was, at a, I was at a place where I was, let's say, uh, a bit insecure about myself. So, uh, of course, I had my success with the first company, but then also you have a bit of misses with other companies. And then at some point, you're living like a student and uh, like you're a bit like, okay, uh, what am I doing? And then you need to define your next step. And that's, uh, that's something where he helped me a lot. And then he was the one that told me to, to stop doing everything, including going to the gym, just like for three months, do nothing. And of course, I couldn't do nothing for three months. I settled down for one week doing nothing. And uh, yeah, the one week was already uh, such a huge inspirement that it, I decided to, to, I was still wanted to work out, but let's say to do a lot less for, uh, for a three month period. And uh, after one and a half month, uh, I got uh, a great opportunity coming to me and uh, I, I, that opportunity helped me get, grow back my confidence. So it is really also about giving yourself the time and, and not having pressure all the time or expectations, but really about uh, like feeling and yeah, I think that the. He really understands it. I think I only got like the glimpse of it, but yeah, it helped me. It helped me a lot. It was the, really the right advice at the right time. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I, I want to appreciate that because, because of how unusual that is and also how not accepted that is in a world where we see busyness as a badge of honor. Yeah. And yeah, with my work with leaders, sometimes I recommend a, a very simple practice to sitting, sit in silence and just to listen to what what is coming to you rather than trying to come up with an idea. Exactly. And I also, in this time, I had to tell my parents that I was not going to look for a job and they shouldn't call me every day to tell me if I already had a job. And of course they called me every day. So like, do you already have a job? But like eventually it, it all worked out. Yeah. Yeah. 
So as you said, right, it helped you build your confidence or, and also more uh, like grounding in yourself. How else did that impact you? And then do you, how does that doing nothing play a role in your day-to-day right now? Yeah, now it's more or less, I think, subconsciously. Again, uh, I think I've, I've figured out more or less what, what my priority is in life and what's really important for me. It's more about layers. So I think it's going to sound very egoistic, but let's say the, the, the first thing you need to worry about is yourself. If you are not in touch with yourself or with your own energy, then how can you love or take care of anything else? So that's very important to be, yeah, let's say realistic about. And it sounds very wrong, but I think it's actually something that people should realize. And then after that, I think like it, it comes to my wife, who's of course the light of my life, but then also more of my friends, which are super important to me. Then maybe my, my family, then the, even my dog, the house, like I'm dead somewhere low comes work. But again, people would describe me as being super ambitious. So it's, I think it's about seeing the, the relevance in it and also and not letting things define you. Like it doesn't make me a better person to have a great job, but it does put me in a position where I can have an impact on, on how leadership is viewed. Again, thank you for sharing that because, and, and also it's not wrong. I think it's a very simple principle that uh, you have to put your own oxygen mask first before helping anybody else. Yeah. And, and it sounds unusual, but I have seen it time and again that when people spend time or take time away from work and focus on their family or their passion, hobbies, their work also improves because of that. Yeah, because they improve as a person. So it's, uh, I think these are very wise words. So thank you for sharing that and also being open about it. Yeah. So given where you are today, right? What are you most grateful for in your life? Oh, yeah. I think, I think gratefulness is key in life for sure. So I think it's basically, yeah, that sounds very uh, big, but I'm, I'm really grateful for, for everything, like uh, and for the people around me, for the blessings I had, because I'm very privileged in, uh, in life. And also I was lucky sometimes, but mainly also about, let's say, how, how amazing I'm healthy. I'm good. I have, let's say, a beautiful wife and a good life. So everything is really good. And it's more, let's say, an effect of everything that happened in my life up until now. So even, let's say, you can grow up, not, not maybe, let's say, having the best relationship with your parents, but that doesn't mean that you're not grateful for today, for who you became. Because of course, for a large effect, it's still them. So the, those kind of things for me are, are, are things I'm very grateful for, my upbringing, and uh, of course, also all the opportunities I had career-wise. But uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a blessed person. Yeah. Thank you. And given everything that you have shared so far, how does it play a role in your leadership in, when you're working, when you're at work, in, in terms of connecting with people, in terms of maybe talking about emotions or talking about taking a break? How does that work out in your leadership? Yeah, I think that's where I'm a bit atypical. So uh, I'm the same with my friends or with you or that I would be with, uh, with my colleagues because that's just who I am. And uh, that's sometimes a bit of a different approach that people expect, uh, but I think that's the only way. And uh, I think it's also better because like we're, we're all humans and it's way more fun if you have an actual relationship with people, not a, not a fake relationship or that people are doing some stuff uh, like uh, around it. But it's also, of course, you value things and it makes it also sometimes more difficult, right? So if you make relationships with everybody and you need to let somebody go, it's something that feels very hard on you personally. So it's not necessarily the easiest way, but I do think that if you can create an environment in your office where you have the feeling that you're friends with everybody and, uh, and it's, a, it's a fun experience for everybody, then I think it's very important and also your success as a company. Yeah, thank you. Before we begin to wrap up uh, this interview, what would you... What would you give as an advice to an entrepreneur or a leader who is stuck 
in the wanting to make their company successful, wanting in to stuck in the like being busy or in the hustling mode. What advice would you give them uh, for their personal life as well as for for their company? Yeah, I think it's uh, I think confidence is of course very uh, like it's always easily spoken about, but I think it's very key. So you need to really believe in something to make it. So I think on the highest level of things, I think uh, it's important to like you need to believe her. You need to be an optimist. So you need to be. Basically naive enough to believe in your own dreams and uh, and then really go for it. And on the other hand, you also need to be realistic about uh, when like you're going to cut off. And I think that leads into more practical advice where a lot of, where I see a lot of founders going into the mistake that you really need to work towards success quickly because uh, yeah, life is short, time is short, the pressure is on, especially here in terms of uh, what society expects, but also in terms of money and other resources. So. Yeah, if you start a company, then uh, like you can make make it simple and start trying out your ideas, and don't keep your idea to yourself because you've had people to steal it, but share it with as many people as possible. If you have a product, start selling it before you have it to so see uh, if people like it. And that kind of uh, speediness is something that uh, like a lot of people are getting stuck in because they they work on a company, but they start with the Instagram page and all the other stuff that's not really important to the idea itself. And that is a very safe environment. So. If you are creating an environment where you are more vulnerable uh, and uh, yeah, let's say you are more taking a risk with yourself as well, you know a lot quicker and, and better what's uh, what's good for you. And that, that will also reflect in your personal life. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that uh, advice. I think it's, that is on two levels, right? One is on the side of perfectionism and like do what is required and to test out your idea. And the second, what you mentioned about like sometimes slowing down, sometimes stopping can actually see help you see what you cannot see always being trying to fix the problem yeah so thank you for for that Very yeah yeah before we end right where where can anybody who is listening find out more about you what you are passionate about yeah it's uh, linkedin is the most obvious one that i'm uh, that i'm on that uh, they can type in my name and they can uh, they can connect so that's always good and uh, yeah if people need advice about startups and stuff they can always reach out and uh, and, uh, and and ask me a question that's uh, wonderful Thank you, Thomas, for this 30 minutes you spent with me and how authentically and how openly you shared some of those elements, which I can agree that it can be difficult to sometimes share in the open, in the public. So I want to appreciate that and I want to wish you best uh, for the future, for, for your company, but also for everything else that you're planning to do, like the, the movie yeah. and the mountains. <laughs> so have, uh, have fun. Yeah. Thank you, Sumit. And uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's keep in touch. Thank you very much. Sure. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast and I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction, not just for yourself, but also for those around you. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you, to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. I say what might be uncomfortable for me to say or for you to hear to show you that all our dreams which have been on hold are within our grasp. If you like the sound of it, do not forget to leave a rating. I invite you to subscribe to my newsletter at deployyourself.com slash newsletter. You can also reach out on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook to share any other comment or feedback. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality. And thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.